Hello, and welcome to the Brighton Pub Odyssey, the podcast that simulates an immersive night out experience. Our innovative use of stereo sound brings you real-life recorded audio of hardcore pub action. The way it works is you, the listener, is given the opportunity to experience a night on the town in the company of our qualified professional pub drinkers. You'll find yourself salivating at the smell of salt and vinegar. Your tongue will parch at the sound of pint glasses clinking, and you'll most likely need a piss about 20 minutes in. This episode, we take you on an audio tour of Elm Grove, again. Stopping at the Hartington, again. The Wellington and Martha Gunn. Your selected digital companions are Dan McLean, Adrian Peel, and myself, Paddy Cole. So, put your headphones on, or Dolby 5.1 sound system if you have one, and let yourself be taken on a journey, a Brighton pub odyssey. Hello to you both. Uh, how Hello. are you both doing? Be good. Hello. Yeah, I. how did you guys both enjoy the evening? Loved it. I think it's a, an auditory treat for the listeners. Um, certainly, it's it's taken some uh, quite a significant amount of AI background noise uh, re reduction yes. because uh, it was fairly raucous in the uh, final pub we were in, um, which we go into in the thing. But there was just uh, it was a freshers' yeah, night, right? Wasn't it? The Martha yeah, Gun student night. It was absolutely. Probably the busiest bar that I've seen when it's not like a Saturday night in a heaving kind of dance floor type bar. There was probably like 20 18 year olds at the bar. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted to leave the, uh, if indeed this is the auditory experience um, that we want our listeners to have, then I kind of should leave some of that background noise in, but it is so loud it really is loud but the the ai does an amazing job of like completely cutting it all out so you can't really tell just how raucous it is i mean we we want uh we want the listener to feel like they're in a pub with us if if we weren't going for that we wouldn't bother strapping ourselves up with mics and sitting in the corner or <laughs> having to go outside for most of these pubs yeah. so that we can actually record. We could just do Otherwise it here, we just, couldn't we? We'd do it here, yeah. <laughs> Is it we'd about the about... listener's experience or is it about our experience of wanting to go to the pub? It's about the listener's experience, yeah. <laughs> um, no, we want to bring them in, don't we? It's very much, uh, yeah. We, I'd, I'd love the idea of um, people cracking open a beer over the two-hour period, maybe three beers <laughs> that most of these podcasts end up being, and, uh, yeah, joining us in a drink and feeling a little bit like they've uh, come on a mini pub crawl with us. Yeah, or, or flipping the pillow over to the cool side when they're having trouble sleeping and putting this on as a sort of white noise 
um, to help them drift off. Oh, yes, okay. absolutely. The delicate clink of glasses, the tangential mentions of eating shit. Nothing sends you <laughs> off to sleep like, like I that. think we were perhaps better behaved than we normally are this week. I think it, we were... It was. It was. <laughs> you haven't I listened think... back to the recording. Oh, really? Is it that bad? <laughs> no, quite uh, low on last... the old C and C scale. What C and C? Cock and cum. Yeah. What is the cum count? The cum count was one, I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's distinctly <laughs> below average. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one thing we should say is uh, right halfway through our recording of the Wellington poor Paddy's stupid stupid phone mm. uh, decided just to cut itself off recording um, so uh, we missed out on some hilarious uh... we can maybe dub in what I said earlier I, I mean I'm I'm quite busy at the moment so I won't be able to do it but if you call Ed Gamble you could probably <laughs> get some of those lines substituted in yeah, sure. It's it's a long old chunk that it cuts out. But um, yeah, so just to fill the listener in on stuff that they missed, Beef Wellington and Wellington Rock Formations. That's oh, it. Wellington stuff. Beef Wellington stuff was good. That was gold. Mm. Yeah, I know. Never shall it see the light of day, I'm afraid. But um, I'm sure they'll live without it. There's plenty of other uh, Wellington chat. Like which a Wellington... Buried under the mud of a of a heavy festival, never exactly. to see the light of day again. Lost welly, yeah. Until I don't know, someone digs it up in like twenty years, and goes, "Oh, <laughs> this is shit." Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> this has got like a hole in yeah. it. <laughs> it's just awful. I should have just oh, left it buried welly. under yeah. the ground. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the future Not... historians of like the year three thousand being like, "What what happened at Glastonbury where there's all these wellies?" <laughs> <laughs> what happened well, at this someday period we'll of time? The secret, but today it's another Wellington boot. <laughs> Not another yeah. Wellington boot. Why? Why did people at this time think that the world needed so many Wellington boots, <laughs> yeah. and they were just making them themselves at home, really poor quality Wellington boots, and then just leaving them in Glastonbury? Why? This is I supposed to be like an analogy of us recording our own podcast i don't know if that's coming across <laughs> i mean more terrifying is the thought that in a thousand years time this will still be a record of humanity at this time what if this was the only thing to survive what if this was accidentally put on board a satellite and sent they'd have no the idea that we're in the lead up to an election that there'd been a Tory conference, a Labour conference. Um, um, anyway, so we started at the Hartington, which had reopened since we last tried to go there. Um, it was nice to be able to finally see it in its refurbished format. We then went to the Wellington, which is a bit of an old man pub. And then we finished at the Martha Gunn. Which is a cool pub. I really liked it. Yeah, we hope you enjoy this episode we did, and we will see you at the end. Yes. Pints ahoy. Pints ahoy. Off. Party time. 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 Party time.
Right. Look at these urinals. Urinals. Okay. okay. So can you describe oh, okay. the Yeah, the sink urinal? is on top of the urinal. It's a part of the urinal. Yeah. It actually, the water goes in and filters <laughs> into the urinal. Okay, so it's so saving you're water, like, yeah. yeah. In Japan, they quite often have taps on top of the cisterns of a right. sit-down toilet. See, that's okay. Yeah. This is wrong. Because Too they close were, to the piss. But even if you're not using the urinals, there's no other sink in that, yeah. that oh, toilet. Really? So you then have to go from having in the cubicle to yeah. like going over your yeah. urinal right, and starting yeah, to yeah. like wash your hands. It's really can you, weird. Would you, can you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same thought. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what? Would you use it while someone else was pissing in there? <laughs> sorry, mate, exactly. can I just, uh, can I just, yeah. can I just <laughs> get in here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. Do you want me to soap up your cock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous for a design. <laughs> That's just bizarre to me. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I have decent accuracy, but there must be a little bit of splashback, you know. Like exactly, you know. Like I, 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 I flush my toilet with the lid down because yeah. in my bathroom there's other yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. that I don't want the vapor to hit. But you even should do that. But that's yeah, like in, right by your piss unit stream zone. It's area. going up, isn't it? It's yeah. going to be on the tap. There's no it's way. It's in the vapor of the air. Exactly, right? all current. around it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So even when your hands are clean. They're not clean. Yeah, they're not clean. Yeah. yeah, nightmare. But um, yeah. So where are we? We're in the Adrian. Heart. We're in the Hartington. Why is the Hartington special to the narrative of the Brighton pub Odyssey? Because uh, it was shut once and we couldn't come in. Mm. Now it's now it's open again. Yes, <laughs> for uh, completionists. Yeah. Uh, this will be a happy episode for them because... Um, oh, they'll be rubbing their hands together. Exactly. Like, because we wanted to come here when we did, I think it's the Admiral episode, and we went to the Lewis Road Inn instead. We got to the door and it was closed down for new ownership. Yeah. yeah. Now, some eight months later, uh -huh. we're back again. The Prodigal Pub. The prodigal we return pub. We to return. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, we return to the prodigal <laughs> pub. The bar staff told us that this place reopened in April under new management. Mm. Um, how would you describe the interior as we walked in? It's pretty nice. It's, yeah. uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit amateur interior decorator gone it's, wild. It's, it's right. bulbs from IKEA, curtains from IKEA. Mm. It's and IKEA decor. A little bit, maybe the bloke from Changing Rooms has had a little bit of a go because there's like some kind of like yes. glitter, live, laugh, love type quote, sure, culture sure, sure. type thing, and um, yeah, big. Yeah, well, so it's, it's nice. It looks nice. They've tried to sort of uh, modernify it. Um, modernize. Modernize. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the word. They've tried to modernize sort of the front because there's still a little back bit to the side with a snooker table that's oh, not yeah, been that touched yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. So you can really see like the old pub yeah, yeah, yeah. with the new with the new sort Above of the snooker uh, table. There's a random fake animal. Pet just nailed there to the was wall. A, it just doesn't I fit with the rest that. of the pub. Do you know what animal it was? Uh, well, I think it's fake. It looks like a goat skin. Mm. Like, you know when you get those splay... You get them in, like, Argentinian gaucho restaurants. Right, right, like, right. The seats will be covered with, like, 
quite uncomfortable cow, fake yes. cow hair hides. Sure, sure, sure. It's that sort of thing, but just stuck to a wall. It just doesn't work with the rest <laughs> of the, as you say, modernificated mm. uh, decor. No, absolutely. They've got the outdoor plasma screen as well, which is weird. We last saw it in the pub at Five Ways. Mm -hmm. Oh, the yeah. The big outdoor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and incongruous, it just, isn't it? It just makes me feel uncomfortable, but maybe there is just a model of like outdoor telly that pubs can buy. There must be. It's all, it seems to be an LG. It was an LG last time. Yeah. yeah. But the way it's hanging half off of a sort of tiki wicker ooh, <laughs> yeah. backing with fairy lights around it. Seems to be the go-to yeah. uh, style. It was like that in the Admiral as well, with these exact same lights, which are like uh, yeah. your favourite kind of lights, she said. Yeah, yeah, I love We're them. We're in the garden, that, that by the way. That colour range, that yeah. specific colour range. We're Warm. in the garden sitting in a pergola again. Warm, multicoloured, but mostly, well, it's... Reds, even the blue, greens, green, warm green, ambery, orange, and yeah, they're just big, mm. slightly frosted bulbs. But the classic round bulb—they're like '80s outdoor lights or '80s mm -hmm. Christmas lights. With multicolored triangular flag bunting and fake wisteria hanging down, and some uh, butcher's grass on the back <laughs> on of the, the uh, yeah. green gross, on green grocer's astroturf. Yeah, is yeah. it called butcher's? I grass? think it's called butcher's okay. grass. Yeah, I say it's called green grocer's. Um, also, my along the back of the as wall. we came out, there was a very friendly black cat that mm. welcomed us into the garden. It's just been hanging around here. It seems to be the pub cat. Yeah. Did and a little Eva, roll and exposed its belly for a rub. Eva is very nice. um, friendly and happy, or it's riddled with fleas and just needs some, <laughs> yeah. someone to scratch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> you do. I've seen you do that before. You just go up to complete strangers and start rolling around in front <laughs> yeah, of them. And you get very happy when they oh, give you a little I scratch. I learned a word today. There's a word for deriving sexual pleasure from rubbing yourself against strangers. Frottage. Yes. Right. Very right. good. Yeah. yeah, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the frottage. Yeah, I think it was when I was reading about Schrodinger. Mm. I don't think he was into it, but oh fuck! Like Maslow's pyramid of it's needs, but like perhaps <laughs> Maslow's pyramid of perbs. Passage oh, is quite near the bottom. Of them, yeah. Oh, the person who developed CBT was arrested right. for frotter. Really? <laughs> yeah, and he 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 used his technique before like publishing it. To uh, he was really shy around women, mm. and he went and like spoke to like forced himself exposure therapy. Spoke to a hundred women. And he, he didn't get a date out of it, but it like got him over his. Right. He's basically the first like pickup artist. Right? Yeah. Just fucking talk to the man. Doesn't matter what you see. <laughs> Made just him like comfortable enough to sexually harass people. Yeah. So it's like good ideas coming from an awful, awful human being. Is it harassment? Well, yeah, it's or kind assault? of like what? Assault. It's sexual assault to rub your genitals <laughs> on someone. Yeah. Isn't that just evidence against CBT and that this is Maybe. the person you can become if it finally 100% works? Because you no longer catastrophize or go, oh, but what if I do X, <laughs> Y, and Z? And, yeah. What if they don't like me Yeah, doing exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You never question anything. You just go ahead and just act fully yeah. on impulse. Well, cognitive behavioural therapy is fine. It depends what behaviour you're trying to achieve. Mm. If it's the behaviour of a sex pest, <laughs> Carry that's on. not therapy. <laughs> what would be the uh, hierarchy of... Um, hierarchy of herbs. herbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Frottage is probably quite near the bottom. But the bottom are like the um, fundamental things, aren't they? So like survival food, like... Yeah, I feel it just goes so from, from like, less pervy um, to more pervy, though, in, the, in this triangle. So I think it'd have to be, like, just relief. Yeah, yeah. It'd be yeah. the bottom. So like just, whatever like, compulsive means, uh, masturbator is exactly. probably bottom. Yeah, quite low. Yeah. 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 
Like we've all been at that level mm. of the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's but, do a um, bit of. But no, what are we drinking? Oh yeah, we didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Me and, Adrian, we're, we're, me and you quite often get the gun, don't we? Yeah, I'll go yeah. for I go for an ale. I'm always, it's always disappointing, but I like to. I like the gun. Do you know the name of this set, your Harvey. ales? Harvey's is the only permanent beer they... Oh no, I'm thinking of my pub, sorry. Mm. But they have a Harvey's. Mm. Yeah, I'm on Neckall. This is Do you nice. know what gun it is? Um, no, but it's like a... It's quite a modern pale tasting ale? one. It's a pale ale. It is it's a, pale a synonym ale. for... It could be a synonym for this podcast. It's called Pro <laughs> <laughs> Project Babylon. Oh. Um, <laughs> We should call that podcast. If this was cold and fizzy, it would be absolutely delicious. But yeah. it's just fine. It's just fine. Yeah, it's just fine. It's just fine. Yeah. Oh, so it's you just, you actually, don't really like the um, still ones that much, do you? I do when I don't. I'm kind of... Yeah, it's a, I'm, a fan. I'm a fan mm. of the still. I like to try them. There's something I do like the fact that it's such a, an ancient drink. Barely changed. Mm. So like, even though the hops, this is like more hoppily different. When you get like a proper yeah. traditional one, that's just like pretty much what it's. You're sipping from the river yeah. of history. Yeah. 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 You yeah, you feel like an old farmer. Yeah. From like the <laughs> 1600s. Exactly. That's that's like next nicer, to a monastery. Nicer to get beers like this in one of those sort of um, window tankards. Mm. Mm. Is there a word for that type of glass where it's sort of like got the, the dimpled glass? Dimpled. Yeah, dimpled. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. The dimpled tankards. So like there's just a, a slight hint of carbonation to it. It's like it's it has gone flat, but it was once fizzy. You can taste it. Mm. Right. There's, there's actually quite a lot of depth of flavour now. I think I'll just like it a bit cooler. Mm. I'll just like all my ale cold. <laughs> yeah. Put some ice, stick some ice in there, please, love. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which she'd be thrown out of a camera <laughs> conference for that kind she'd of thing. She'd pop that in the soda stream for me and stick it in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Stick some of this bicarbonate <laughs> yeah, soda yeah, yeah, in, please, yeah. sort of. I reckon there are I reckon there are like camera heresies and they 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 split into schisms. Mm. Just like the ice movement. Right. Although can you have a schism in an organization which is defined by its dedication to the pure original form of something? I don't know. Has there been? Do you know that um, French linguistic organisation that tries to Academy not let? Française. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have they ever had a schism? Because they're sort of like rigidly sticking to yeah. language not changing, aren't they? Yeah. They must have. They must have schismed over the yeah. correct word to call the internet. Yes. Because they hate exactly. English Using. words coming in. Like, oh, you're going to come up for a different word for internet then. Good luck. Le mail electronic. Come on. Grow up. No, they, yeah, they genuinely hate email. Yeah, yeah. yeah they want people to call it uh, something electronic. Really? Like, like mail, whatever. Post electronic or something like that. Like, I mean, it, it's not on us as English speakers to tell them what they should be doing, but also. Yeah. But we're going to the Wellington next and. <laughs> we can get on our hobby already. Straight away. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I am glad this place has reopened. I really like it. I like mm. this garden. It, this so this is a beer garden. It's actually yes. a garden. It's got plants. Mm. It's got it's got trees. Yeah. It's got a fig tree. It's got an a fig actual tree. fig tree. Yeah. It's got uh, a Wendy so house. So we decide to roam around naked. It's got a Wendy house mm. for the kids. Yeah. Looks creepy. Yeah. It does look a bit creepy. Yeah. It looks it, splintery. Looks like yeah. you're, you're going to have a lot of crying kids. It looks like, it. yeah, the kind of place where they bring a diagram out of it in court. Mm. Like, <laughs> point to where. 
<laughs> Which room in the playhouse did this happen in? <laughs> right, so what, let's get to the pub proper. Hard facts. So, yeah, there was really almost, almost absolutely nothing on this mm. that I could find. Um, but like many pubs, it first started out as a hotel. Okay. The it Hartington look quite Hotel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's okay. there's plenty of rooms. It's a big old big old place. Three yeah, stories. It's on like three stories. Um, Eighteen ninety six. Decent. Yeah, <laughs> Why decent. are you yeah. sneering? At that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, right. not bad. Yeah, good. Not bad. Yeah. Designed this by uh, Scott and Cawthorne. Okay. Scott good old, good old, good old Scott and Cawthorn. Scott What's his first name? Cawthorn. Two, two people. One, one <laughs> Scott. Scott and, and Cawthorn. Yeah. Right. Scott and Cawthorn. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and actually, like like many a many a pub that we've been to around here, it was attached to which brewery? Kemptown. Bingo. Mm, Kemptown. Uh, that's that's two pubs in this episode. That's a Kemp and that's Town, like three in this area. Then yeah. Kemp Town Brewery Brighton Limited. It's almost as if we're quite close to Kemp Town. Mm. Not to be it confused is, yeah. with Kemp Town Brewery Company Limited. Right. Oh, okay. So it's Thank a different Kemp Town Brewery. You pointed that out. What was the difference? One of them is the one of the smallest breweries and pubs in the country. Oh, right. Do they have the any pubs? What's yeah, you know, not the, the Co Limited. The then. tiny, the tiny little one. What's hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. That one. So that's mm. the. Kemptown Brewery Co Limited is oh, the hand okay. in hand. The so hand in hand is the one that's like a little humid cafe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Human cafe. Humid cafe. <laughs> Human cafe. <laughs> yeah. Human cafe. Yeah. Not one home. of those. Not one of those rat cafes that <laughs> we keep hearing about. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was that, that was that was that was pretty much. Right. Let's go. Pretty much. <laughs> it. That's good. Uh, Why is it called the Hartington? Well, that's where the research went. I just saw the word penguin. I don't want to look, but I just caught the word penguin out of the corner of my eye. So I'm really excited because penguins are my favourite you know, animal. Penguin might be the only word used by many languages from Welsh. Oh, it means so it, it, they think that it was Welsh sailors travelling on probably British ships. Mm. Going through the Antarctic, that saw mm. penguins. For the first other time. cultures had seen them, but like English, they're not really seen them. And the Welsh for white head mm. is penguin. Oh, so, so pen is white and gwyn is head. I wouldn't be able to break it down. Okay. Probably yeah. one or is the other way around. Knowing Welsh, it's probably like penguin, <laughs> and then it. Is yes, it definitely sure. this, or is it? I think it's there's 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 debate in the yeah. etymological mm. community. Yeah. So you, the Welsh say that everything is Welsh, don't they? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm. Who was Welsh? Tom Jones, oh, apparently, was Welsh. Tom yeah. Jones was Welsh. Elvis. <laughs> right, that yeah. one's the more suspicious. <laughs> Christian Bale. Top yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Welsh. Dad is Welsh. Dad is Welsh. Not my dad. He's Irish. The word dad. The word dad. Oh, really? Yeah, is Welsh. Yeah. Dad. Dad. So, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the Hartington. That's real fun. Named also because um, there was the the marquee, marquee of Hartington. Ah. What is the difference between a duke and a marquee? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so time um, to play a quiz. There are <laughs> there are six um, peerages 
and baronetesses. Mm. Baronetesses. 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 Peerages and baronetesses. So baronet is the person and baronetcy is the mm. title. Okay. And we've got Earl, mm -hmm. yes. Viscount, mm -hmm. Baronet, mm -hmm. Duke, Marquis, Marquis, and Baron. And so, what okay. do you reckon? What's at the top? Well, I'm thinking oh. like Magna Carta was the barons that were yeah. uh, taken over the land. Baron is at number five. Second, second. So give us the list again. Must be Sorry. Duke number one then. Duke, Earl, Baron, Baronet, Viscount, Marquis. This is the hierarchy of perverts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. It's also grading scale, isn't it? Well, like minor royals or even major royals tend to also be dukes. So I'm going to put Duke as number one. Yeah, Duke. Duke is number one, right? Duke, and then the area Marquis is called is a dukedom. Or sure, the, the okay. thing is called a dukedom. Right. Mm. And then beneath that is Marquis. Really? Yes. Number two seconds. I got it right. Are there currently any Marquis? Um, What's their Outside area called? Weddings and music well, well, yeah, that, that was quite interesting, but I'll, I'll just run through this. So it's Duke, Marquis, Earl. Right. And Viscount, Baron, and Baronet at the lowest, lowest point. So if you're a Baronet, you're just like... Nothing you, like a, like a yeah yeah street surf, the, uh, so I was trying to just, find out just above a surf basically. who is the yeah. uh, who is the current Marquis of Hartington. I couldn't mm -hmm. find that there is I could be wrong but I couldn't seem to find that there was one. But the Wikipedia page for the Marquis of Hartington goes to the Duke of Devonshire. Mm. Right. But then there's this, this weird the thing where, like, person. the location <laughs> and the location, the location of the name and the location of the place, like the the Arundel mm. is owned by the Duke of Norfolk, I think. Right. It's just none of it makes any sense. Like, That's just bizarre. It's the Duke of Devonshire's eldest son may use the courtesy title Marquis of Hartington. Right. Well, Where is Hartington? And the eldest son of the eldest son may use the title Earl of Burlington. And his eldest son may use the title Lord Cavendish. Right. I've heard of Lord Cavendish. Well, Lord yeah. Cavendish this like an experimenting, so, like did loads of experiments in there physics There have been a few Cavendishes. Like that, right? I think it's a common yeah. aristocratic name. Right. My... Well, it's the common name for the eldest son of the eldest son of the eldest <laughs> son of the Duke of Devonshire. <laughs> the, right. the, the posh school that I went to in Eastbourne had a room or a hall named after Devonshire, and then there was one named after Cavendish. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if there's like, often private schools have shit named after local aristocracy because they would have funded it at some point in the last 150 years. Mm. So I'm wondering if, because those two aristocrats would have been in this area, that's probably it. Got, um, it almost sounds like the whole thing's fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> I've got a little quiz, though, for the Dungeons and Dragons. Go. So I've got... What's it quiz called? Quals? Give it a title, actually. So What's the theme? So it's, there's, there's three marquees. Right. And, uh, and, I'm, and I've got three quotes, one from each of the marquees, and you've got to match yeah. them up. Match um, them up, okay. Marquee my words. Marquee nice. my words is pretty good. That's yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So say... Let's play Marky. <laughs> Let's play Marky my words. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got the uh, the Marquis de Sade. Uh huh. Okay. Famous on the on the pyramid of Perth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was quite pyramid. high on the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We've got the Marquis of Hartington, of course. Okay. okay. Spencer Cavendish. Okay. Is he alive currently? Uh, no, I don't. 
think we'll so. probably know when we hear the quotes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in fact, no, what no, 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 because this was like, it was like a hundred, this was something like the 1800s, so no. Okay. And then the Marquis of Granby. Okay. Ooh, okay. Just a, a, I typed in Marquis quotes. This tent isn't taking the rain away from us. <laughs> but yeah, we've got Marquis of Granby, Marquis of Granby, who was a British army officer okay. in 1766. Right, okay. Right. Okay, we've got the Marquis of Hartington, who I copied the wrong date, but it was something like, uh, like the, the, the mid to late 1800s. They meet me and Paddy should try and guess. <laughs> the Marquis of Granby, the military officer, is like, I fucking love guns, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> it's like, this could be an yeah, easy yeah, yeah, yeah. I love guns, <laughs> and I hate SNL. <laughs> <laughs> and Marquis like, fucking love SNL, but guns. <laughs> I cannot stand. <laughs> I'm about it. about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we've got the Marquis de Sades mm. from the 1700s. So, okay. Um, <clears throat> as the result of two successful campaigns of the employment of an enormous force and the expenditure of large sums of money, all that has yet to been accomplished has been the all that has all that has yet been accomplished has been the disintegration of the Afghan state and a condition of anarchy throughout the rest of the country. Right. Well, this sounds like a military thing, so I'm going to go Granby. No, it was the Marquis of Hartington. You have to let him guess. Yeah, I was oh. going to say, because I think that when we were at war in <laughs> Afghanistan was like 19th century. Right. Judging a person does not define who they are. It defines who you are. Mm. Oh. It's very insightful. I'm going to go Dassard was quite clever. literary. I'm going to go Dassard. I'm going to go Dassard as well. Uh, that was... That was Granby. That was Granby. Wow. Really? Smart chap. Mm. And the last one. <laughs> you're Go looking on. around nervously, you're like, like you don't want anyone to hear this. I show them my prick, and then what do you suppose I do? I squirt the fuck in their face. That's my passion, my child. I have no other, and you're about to behold it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dessar didn't mince his words, did he? That's Adrian's so Squirt the fuck in their face. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who, um... <laughs> was he French or Italian? Cliff. Is that Marquis de Sade? That, yeah, that was Marquis de Sade. Mm. was the last one. Uh, just gross. Like, yeah, it was 120 Days of Sodom was his book, which was written in 1785, but only published in like 1900. What was his deal? Was he just like a sex-crazed lunatic, basically? Pretty much, yeah. Right. But the word sadism doesn't inherently have sexual connotations, so why did that mm. get named after him? Like, sadomasochism mm. is sexual, because your masochism is self-harm, right? Yeah, and mm. sadism is where you get pleasure in harming, harming others. others. Yeah. So did he only like harming others? Uh, I don't know, I think he probably liked a bit of both. Mm. Did he? So he should have been the Marquis de Sado and Masso. <laughs> yeah. But did they name hit? Did they name his title after? Is his nickname after Sadism, or is it the other way around? Even. I guess Sard must be a region of France. Yeah, must be. Yeah, and yeah. because he wrote that, and book, that's where Sadism, sadism comes from. was invented. Yeah. 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 Or the term was. Maybe there's yeah. a Marquis de Masso somewhere. But like, there have been cruel people who derive pleasure from hurting others throughout yeah, history. Yeah. They why just hadn't named it. Like, why yeah. is it like pervy to sex or like flabby impalerism? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I assume it's the book, right? 
guess so. There's yeah. got to be. Yeah. yeah. It was a good movie, but paints him as a pretty sympathetic character because he was locked up and right. ended up like. It was like they were, at first it was like, well, you're gonna lock me up, but at least give me a pen and paper so I can continue to write. And he wrote out like absolute filth, and they're like, oh, right, you can't have that. And so then he just <laughs> wrote. He wrote it on the walls of his cell in, in the movie. He wrote it on the walls of his cell in shit. <laughs> If you're going to lock me up, at yeah, least oh, give God. me a, a metal-ribbed dildo <laughs> and some nipple piercings. Look, we'll give you back the pen, but just write something nice. <laughs> Stop <laughs> shoving out of your arse! <laughs> yeah. Right, Do you think the, uh, the, pe- the locals here call each other me hearties? Yeah. Because you'd be missing there could, out. There, there could be a WhatsApp group called me hearties. That yeah. would be good. Yeah. Why? Because it's the Hartington. Oh, right. Okay. They call it Hartington. the Harty, don't they? Hartington so, Road yeah. as well. Right, shall we head on to the next place? Ooh. Let's do it. Okay. Pints are high. Pints are high. maybe just tie up the hearty here a little bit just yeah. because we've we've just fleed the hearty because <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the landlord or oh, the guy adrian was describing <laughs> was literally sitting behind us yeah, the, the tattered, I, uh limp biscuit roadie yeah. freak yeah. and i didn't realize that when i said repeat, repeat that that <laughs> i thought we'd passed it like i started to calm down before you asked that and you said i was just like do not please <laughs> <laughs> right I don't think, and then you were pointing behind me. I was like, "Oh, there's some people there that might be offended." Like, Why? Because yeah, it was the review about clearly the new owners, yeah, slagging them off basically, yeah. And we were talking about them, and they were one table in front of us, and they, I think, they could probably, if they were listening, they which could they probably were, they could probably just about hear what we were saying. But I, I was thinking, do. They probably actually they probably have read that review because it's a scathing multi-paragraph yeah. review. And also, it's also hard to miss how many other one-star wonders were there? Okay, there's quite a fair. I mean, it's a heavily reviewed pub in a busy mm. area, so there was lots of good reviews. There was quite a lot of one-star reviews slagging off the food in particular, mm. but pretty much everyone had a response. Right, right. They didn't write a response so to that really one. Well. <laughs> so, yeah. And all recent ones as well. Uh, I don't remember if the. I, I think so. so yeah, yeah, because they were yeah. They're talking about new ownership and stuff. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So God. yeah, yeah. But I don't know if they. So then you're reading out the one day you're like, <laughs> yeah, not yeah, this. Yeah. I recognise this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. <laughs> Where are we, Paddy? We're at the Wellington. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Duke of Wellington, mm. which is over in Brighton. Where in Brighton is that on? It's um, sort of Montpellier region, I think. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm not yeah, exactly yeah. sure where. Right. It well may well have been closed. Shoreham recently. as well as the Duke of Wellington. Oh, really? It's called the Welly, known more as the Welly. It's got a big iron welly out the front. Oh, it's yes. It's brilliant because it's That's got... That's mental, that place. Loads, so, so many different beers on tap, like 30 beers on tap or something crazy. Right. Kombucha on tap. What? And like the best beer garden. Yeah. The best beer they garden. They have a little world. beer festival mm. in that beer garden yeah. like every year, which is quite cool. Kombucha on tap is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that is fucking Brighton Central. <laughs> was it sure. me and you went when they had the. Uh, we like went there, we'd been to a couple of pubs, mm. and then we went there, and there was like this weird avant garde music of just like cows mooing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, everyone yeah, was yeah, just yeah. kind of standing. Are you sure it wasn't just cows? No, it was not actually music. Like there was like people on stage, like music had been playing, and then like everyone was just kind of standing around with pints, not really like just sort of staring. It was like a David Lynch film. <laughs> when you like, say people, people sort of on staring, stage, like, do you mean were they black and white? Did they have horns? <laughs> it was two people, like a man and a woman. They had like instruments in their hand, but no, neither were playing anything. But there was just mm. like. <laughs> just like mad noises and me and him went in and we were just yeah. like lucky like, went up to the bar like order we were like what the fuck is going on it was really strange yeah. and then they started playing some music yeah, I think yeah. didn't they it was bizarre that was weird they have like sea shanty groups there as well mm. like mm-hmm. they'll have an organ and they'll be all singing and then they have one night of the week called cow that's what I call music <laughs> <laughs> that's Which what I call the... music oh <laughs> <laughs> I've got to think of one now. Something <laughs> <laughs> with bovine. <laughs> so, um, this pub uh, has changed hands quite a lot. The history is quite muddy. Wait, wait. We haven't described it yet. Oh, like, okay. As you were saying, it's oh, wait, like super. You are, I think. Yeah. Super, like, highest old man rating, right? Mm. Yes. Well, yeah, mm. yeah. Super high. Why, mm. why is that? There were lots of old people in here. Mm. <laughs> but also it does have that sort of, uh, it's, quite, it's quite brightly lit. Mm. It's, the selection is very old man pub. It's one of yeah. the few non-gentrified, redecorated pubs, so it's mm. a proper... It feels untouched. ...original old man pub. 70s, doesn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got like... Is it a scum pub? What's it called? It's got quiz machine. Pretty much. Quiz machine, yeah. fruit machine, yeah, dartboard, message boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's got, yeah, like... Fosters and Stella on top. I think it's even pre-Skags because it's it's yeah. got Stella Cronenberg. It's not got Amstel. No. And Amstel's slight yeah. is kind of the more modern the version on the yeah. Guinness. And has it got Strongbow? Uh, no, it's got Henry Westons on right, top. Right, right, right. Um, okay. And it's got yeah a Courage on top, which I've never seen anywhere before, and it's delicious. Is it good? It's really nice. Let's yeah. have a sip. Tastes like a uh, bananary. Bananary. I think it's quite bananary. Mm. A little little sitter. Mm. Yeah, quite nice. I do get bananary. Yeah, like banana peel. Mm, a bit doombari, I think, because doombari is yes. like bananary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. I'm on a Stella. Mm. I'm on the the S of Skag. This is the last time you had a Stella. I haven't had a Stella in years, but it's super fizzy, which mm. is great. You like fizzy? You mm. the chalice fizzy. as well. I'm fond of the fizz. And I'm yeah. on a best. Mm. But yeah, inter- interior-wise, it's a central island. Pretty much the whole thing is like one room. Mm-hmm. Central island, lots of like uh, old pictures of the pub. It's, it's, it's got perfectly set up for locals to chat to each other. Mm. That's very much the vibe you get. Like 
if, if we three were in there, our conversation yes. would be heard by everyone. Yes. And you get the feeling that everyone in there is always on those exact same seats that they're yeah, on yeah, yeah. this evening. And yeah. all we need to do is walk in there, sit down and go, these days, yeah. <laughs> we'd be in. We'd be, yeah, we'd exactly. Be we're sat on the street corner, which is why there's so much traffic noise. It's on Elm Grove, yeah, so a busy, busy-ish road that leads up to the race course. Mm -hmm. um, steepest hill in Brighton? It is a hard one. I think, I'm not sure if I've ever gone to the way up the top without taking a break, because it is just, it's just endless, because even, because it's one of those ones where there's lots of bits where it almost flattens out, you're like, there we go. Yeah, and, it and then it's out, and it's like, oh no, it just goes yeah, for miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I don't think this is the kind of place where young people would ever come to drink. But as I'm saying, and the reason I'm hesitating is because there's a group of teenage girls currently pondering over to whether to go in here, which is... Surely they're going to decide against it. Yeah. That would be very odd. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, as much as I wouldn't drink here, I want places like this to exist. Absolutely. But yeah, when I was at university, like we would go into places like this all the time because it just was half of pubs. Yeah, mm. and now you would have to make that conscious decision to go almost like out of your way to go to yeah, old, it's a true. proper old man. This, this is no longer the default, whereas yeah. this used to be the default. Yeah. Um, yeah, I applaud its existence, but I'm not. I don't love it. How long can it hang on like this? Because I'm assuming once its locals uh, dissipate, mm -hmm. mm. which they will at a very rapid rate. Yes. Yeah. I mean, medical advances can only go so far. <laughs> um, what happens next? They'll, they'll put it on turn, they'll get bought out and turn into flats or, uh, or gentrified and turn yeah. into a student pub, so it'll, so it'll be fine. It's but... been run by one lady, possibly the lady that served us since 94. <clears throat> right. She, she, took, she took over this place and it, it was a pub before then. 30 but, years, nearly. Yeah, exactly. God. It celebrated its 25th in... in 2019. So, um, yeah, so it was bought. Um, Nadia, Nadia Burtonshaw bought and opened it in 1994. Mm -hmm. uh, but until the 80s, it was, and I only realised this from seeing a photo. And there's a photo of this pub, and on the corner, you know, they used to have the name of the landlord printed on the pub. Mm. Yeah, and it was Paul Mooney. Okay, so Paul Mooney was a, a professional football player. Okay. who ran this place from 1936 until 1980. Wow. Who did he play for? Um, so he was a Scottish player, mm -hmm. but he was a centre-half for Brighton and Hove Albion Ooh. from 1925 onwards. Uh, during that time, he's reported... I don't believe this, but he's reported to have scored a header from the halfway line. <laughs> <laughs> from is that because football pitches were like <laughs> someone's garden? To a five-a-side <laughs> Well, uh, tactics weren't what they were. It was still probably you, at that time when just everyone rushed out after yeah. the ball. I mean, if you stood on the halfway line and kicked a ball really hard at someone's head, it yeah. could make it to the goal, I think. Yeah. They could have rolled in. It didn't, it didn't fly. Yeah. 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 It the might have been the goalkeeper would have been drunk. Like, he yeah. would have been having a drink at the bar. Yes. And so. it would have had to have been wind-assisted. It yeah, would yeah, have been yeah. a stormy, stormy day. It was on this street. <laughs> exactly. This is where their old ground was, a gradient of 45 <laughs> degrees. Um, but there's a reason why he stopped playing professional football and became the landlord of a pub. Mo because um, Mooney is like his sort of 
is in quotation marks, isn't mm -hmm. it? And he, his goal celebration was he would relentlessly just moon the crowd mm -hmm. every time he scored. Which was rare for a defender, but and then one day a bollock yeah. slipped out. And <laughs> yeah, that was, was it. Sacked. Suddenly, yeah, <laughs> he was sacked, hard and sacked. Um, so it was a 1934 match against Gillingham, Ooh. and he had an accidental clash of heads with Sim Rally, right? Uh, who was 25 at the time. Uh, they both kept playing, mm. and as the final whistle went, Sim Rally collapsed. And died in hospital later that Jesus. night. Fucking hell. Um, Gilliam Club raised 250 quid for his widow and son, which sounds measly, but at the time that's 20 grand wow. today. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Paul Mooney like retired shortly after that. Like it, Either his head was fucked mm. or he couldn't deal with the idea that he killed a 25 year old, basically. Yeah. Well, it is mad, really. It's like this is a big thing in the modern game and this is actually interesting go on <laughs> <laughs> that um loads of sort of ex-professionals now are like suffering from dementia mm -hmm. and like there is a qual no, a, a quantitative difference between like people heading the ball loads mm -hmm. of times oh yes yeah, and really it, badly, yeah. yeah and mm -hmm. so like i mean you see it in american football the mm. rates of like violence and mm. yeah because it often that sort of like uh, 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 cranial concussion mm, can mm. lead to you being sort of almost bipolar. Yeah, and Alan Shearer is like re a real proponent of like getting the message out there and like thinking of ways of like so they've trialed uh, different sort of ways of playing where you don't can't head of the ball. Mm. So like chinning, ah, uh, chinning, chinning they the call ball, it chinning. yeah. You just stick your chin in. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I can't remember how it was. Like one was like you just couldn't header it at all. Mm. Another was like you can, I don't know, just thrown in or something like mm. that. You right. can header it like that. But like if it's blasted really yeah. high, you can't header it. Yeah, you have like to take good, it on your chest or like something a good like that. Corner kick from a professional it's forward and will fucking yeah. like destroy you. Like yeah, and I'd, it's I'd be reeling art if I took like a Beckham ball to the head yeah i'd be reeling for days I absolutely thought. it's only in the last i think five years that they've introduced like uh proper concussion protocols mm. where like if some there's a clash of heads they have to stop the game immediately yeah. now they get like people come on and like assess them and mm. then Generally, they're like taken off the pitch for a while and shot. And, uh, they, can't, <laughs> yeah. they can't make it. They're boiled down for glue. Yeah, and if they if they are concussed, they have to miss the next like a week. Mm -hmm. They have a week of recovery before they're allowed to play again. And in the last two years, they've just introduced like concussion substitutions. Right. So whereas before it would like eat into your normal substitutions that you'd be allowed to make in a game because mm. there's a limited number you can make. Um, but they've removed that, so it's no longer a tactical decision. Yeah, so there's 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 unlimited concussion substitutions, basically, that you can make in a game. when you still get your tactical substitutions mm. on top of that. But it's only in, like, five years that it's become a thing. And, like, it's clearly been a massive issue for years and years and years. Yeah. It's just been swept under the carpet and yeah, not the, addressed. Yeah, the, there's a site I read that described the sort of the effects of concussion during the match, and there were bystanders, and they mm. just, like ignored it and they yeah. keep it going and they said at the time if they'd had modern med medical interventions both of those people probably would have been fine yeah he died in hospital later that night so i find that quite hard to believe but who knows yeah 
Yeah, it's brutal. And that's the end of the football chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. Um, there's a nice little. Um, it's not a one. Hit, it's not a one-star wonder, but it's a review written underneath an Argus article mm. about this place celebrating its 25th anniversary. When was this established, by the way? So it's kind of iffy. So in theory, it was established. Um, in 1832, but that's really as a property. It was a hotel, obviously. It was the Wellington Hotel before. Right. All pubs were hotels before. Yeah. Um, when Paul Mo Mooney took it over in 1936, it definitely was already a pub. Mm -hmm. And it, it definitely had been a pub in the late 19th century. Mm. But exactly when it started is quite... Right, right, right. It's quite hard to find. You know, there's the, the, the site that we probably all stumble across that shows the listings of proprietors. Yeah. But this one had them as like residency rather than right, right, pub right. landlords. So, but it's been here as the Welly Hotel. The since Wellington like Hotel, the early 1800s. Since the since at least the late 1800s, yeah. 1860, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the first date is 1832, so we could go with that. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to say. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at the name. So I'm not gonna. Okay, Wellington. Many mm. many things are named Wellington. Beef. Mm. Beef Wellington. The shoe. The, the water protective shoe. Mm. Um, mm. I've got I've got I've got five pages of I've Wellington. Got six things named Wellington. Wellington. Yeah. Okay. The most obvious one is the one that it all comes from. The Duke of Wellington. Arthur Wellesley. That's his mm. name. Oh really? Um, weirdly so his name was Wellesley. Wellington. Oh well, right. Because no, he was given the, the dukedom for winning the battle, right. he was given the dukedom of, of Wellington. Wellington. Right. Which is where? Um so Wellington is in Somerset, near Taunton. Oh, I prob should have probably been through it many a time. Mm. Well, I've been at Taunton bus station loads. Yeah, it's um, it's not a small town. It's quite large. Um, it used to be Wellington in Anglo-Saxon uh, times, okay. which I think meant either throat, tongue, or misery town. <laughs> Can't tell which one. Tongue Town. You're in a Tongue Town. Throat Tongue Misery Town. Maybe it was all three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> it was mm. the location of the last commercial bank to be given license to print banknotes. Mm. Okay. So that used to be like a, you could print banknotes if you were a bank. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but now it's all done by the Royal Mint. Mm. Uh, it's also where David Suchet went to school. And that's all the facts I have about it. Plays Hercule Poirot in the oh, right. most of the TV series that you will have seen with Poirot. So he's not a real Frenchman. David Suchet is English. Yeah, right. he just puts on a hammy French accent. Right, right, right. Although apparently, when filming Poirot, he would put the act, he would keep the accent yeah. on. He was method <laughs> for the entire time, <laughs> even when he was out. It was such a ridiculously character. strong, yeah. silly accent as well. It's, <laughs> it's really good. Um, I think it was Reese. Shearsmith, who said that on a podcast, he, do, met, he met him and he... Is like, it just the accent, like a method actor will do, or will they literally be so the, believing they're solving a crime the entire no, time the, the, they're offset? I think the, one of the definitions of method acting is mm. you remain within character regardless of whether you're in performance or not, yeah. in order to not disengage. He yeah. goes back to his trailer for a wank. <laughs> <laughs> who is responsible? Who is responsible for this mess on my duvet? Oh, 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 oh. We must gather everyone into a room and ask them what happened. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's what. Um, have you seen Andy and me? 
the documentary oh, about sorry, Jim yeah, yeah. Carrey no, making. I haven't seen that. I know what you mean. Though. Oh, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, it's great. It's mental. It's I mean, it's he is absolutely insane. nuts. Yeah, so the most famous instances of method acting are Jim Carrey in Man on the Moon yeah. and then Thingy's entire career. It's the big Oscar winner. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's method and everything. Really? Which is why he's insufferable to work with. Oh, my God. But he's very fucking good. So. Are you an oil prospector? <laughs> I eat your sandwich! He just went around in a lunch trailer. trailer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Grabbing ban... people's food and then beating them to they death with... They had to ban with... milkshake from the uh, catering <laughs> yeah. services. Daniel! <laughs> I'm not Daniel! Who are you speaking to? I take your lemonade! <laughs> <laughs> I drink your Dr. Papa Zero! <laughs> really, really, really pissing off stockbrokers trying <laughs> to do deals on the phone. <laughs> I hear oil is yeah, where yeah. the money is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we know that, Daniel. Yeah. We've known that for a hundred years. Um, Did he start treating his son? Does he have any children in real my life? Boy. <laughs> I'm I'm my, boy. my boy! I'm abandoned my boy! Every child. time he was leaving to go to work. Uh, um, so yeah, the first Duke of Wellington was Arthur Wellesley, who commanded the British land troops and won the Battle of Waterloo. I think we'll probably talk more about him when we go to any of the other pubs that are literally called the Duke of Wellington. Mm. So what else is called Wellington? Wellington Boots. Mm. Yeah. I'm so pretty sure. They were commissioned by Arthur Wellesley, first Duke mm. of Wellington. Okay. Before or after the battle? For the battle, from oh, what I can tell, no. or like around that time. It's like I'm not getting my socks wet. <laughs> he wanted so the, the the previous style of boot was called a Hessian boot, mm-hmm. and it was just a like sack. it was just a sack. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a sock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> An so itchy do, sock. Do you know why shoes have heels? Uh, it makes them strong. They last Faster. longer. Makes you walk on your toes. It's just a status symbol. No, it makes you taller. No, well, I'm rich enough to afford a horse. Heel. Oh, because, because the whole point of heels oh, okay. oh, the slot into the stirrups. Yeah, okay. right. that's, yeah. that's mad. Mm. So, like before, well, I don't know when before horses mm. that didn't exist, but like they were very much like. Because if you look at like, is that why we have high heels as well? They yeah. just really slot in. Well, they, they <laughs> come. They come that's from like, that, like yeah. yeah, like high heels are the, <laughs> the highest. Heel you could have. So that's why you thing. see those really, really, really like rich posh landowners. You see them out on one of their fox hunts, and they're all in platform <laughs> boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, the, the Hessian boot was was kind of um, a riding boot, but it kind of had the kind of frills at the top. So mm. he wanted something that was trim, tight, very low heels, still with heels mm. to slot in, mm. but. Uh, no frills, no tassels, uh, and also smart enough for his commanders to wear into battle, but then also have his evening. So okay. Because it's like you've got to go to a ball, then you've got to fight some Frenchmen. Then you've got to kill to someone. Yeah. They're wearing wellies to the ball. <laughs> Covered in blood yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah. You're, you're, what you're picturing as a wellie would have been slightly tighter and more <laughs> and made of cow hide as well. Mm. Would have been made of okay. leather. So were boots, mm. proper boots. It wasn't until World War One mm. when the government commissioned the North British Rubber Company um, to make boots for trenches. Mm. So obviously, what do you want in the trenches? You want something to keep the water out to stop your mm. feet from rotting off. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, Naturally. 1.2 million pairs were made by that company in the First World War. Wow. The cost of how many Belgian hands? So many Belgian hands. Mm. So many Congolese hands. Do you think he ever envisaged that the, his uh, most famous device, could you call it a device, bit of clothing, <laughs> would be worn by stoned hippies at Glastonbury? <laughs> I think that's what he would have wanted. That's mm. what he was fighting for. Because <laughs> Napoleon would have, he would have banned Glastonbury. Mm. Oh, absolutely. So Glastonbury is he the ultimate fuck you to uh, to Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's the Wellington. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah, liked all the uh, stuff bands. that you came up with. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was good. No, no, this was, was right. great. Yeah, this was great. Pints. Pints on high. Let's go. Gun. So we're in the Martha Gun, and we should say that it's raucous in here because we think it's fresh as we end yeah. this this chat. Um, we we briefly considered not staying at this pub because there was a crowd of about forty rugby lads waiting for drinks when we came. But they're in. just uni lads, we think. They're like yeah. a member of a rugby uni club yeah. or something. Yeah. That's what's they're happened. all wearing sports gear, and they're all boys. So it was, yeah, so. There's a huge garden here, which is really nice, but every single table is taken out And also, in theory, it takes longer because people in Freshers Week aren't buying rounds. Everyone's getting a drink for themselves. Good points, yeah. Stingy students. Well, because they haven't made firm friends. They don't know who to trust. In, yeah. in seven days' time, that guy might not owe you for that point because you might not see him yeah. again. Very true. I know it makes perfect sense, actually. I'd have done the same. But um, I really like this pub. Oh, it's good. It's, good uh, it's a good size. And the garden is really cool. The garden yeah. looks fantastic. I wish we could yeah, be in nice the garden. It's nice and big. We came for your partner Sunday's birthday this year, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. We all sat in the garden. Mm. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah. the DJs oh. out there. It's quite good. So how would you describe it in here? Exposed brick. Mm. Yeah. Rococo wallpaper. Yeah. Uh, pop art decor. Yeah, quite bold colours, like sort of uh, something between a teal and a royal blue. Yeah, 
The giant battle cat lids. When was that mm-hmm. thing on the uh, yeah. on the wall? It's, it's very American gas station. Yeah. Yes. American gas station yeah, decor. Good, good. Um, yeah, nice colour scheme. There is a pool table, which feels a bit incongruous for the rest of the vibe mm. of the pub. But I suppose it's just about big enough to accommodate it. Yeah. Uh, old kind of honky tonk rundown piano in the corner. Load of games over there. Books on some of the window sills. Well, do you think they don't usually do food? So that's why they've got a pool table. Yeah, right, maybe. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. Yeah, because we... they don't need to fit more tables into yeah. serve people. Also, like... just for a bit of scene setting, there are, you know, maybe 50, 60 people in this pub. We are the oldest here by 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all students. Yeah. It's literally all students. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. It's nice to be part of that. I quite like the vibe. Yeah, I like the buzz. I feel I'm of a mindset with these people. <laughs> I have people always telling me I've never grown up, and I agree. I don't think I have ever grown up. You've just, I've just aged. You've been into the, the TikToking recently, haven't you? I've been TikToking. That's wanking, right? Uh, no, it's when you get that free grandfather clock from right. that, uh, that insurance company. Mm. Yeah. From Saga. Saga. Saga insurance. Yeah, yeah, sure. Exactly. When you get your to your 30 years of contributions, yeah, exactly. they give you a grandfather. That's what TikToking yeah. is, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, I TikTok last year. I'm hoping to get my double TikTok by the time Doesn't I retire. Doesn't seem cruel that the free gift that someone who's reaching old age gets is a clock? <laughs> yes, yeah, something to count down funny. the hours for yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. They might as well just give them a coffin at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Just an hourglass. Yeah, exactly. Yes, but uh, no, it's cool, and um, it's in a it's in a weird location because like it's a bit out the way of everything else. You wouldn't yeah. like really come here, would you? That it's quite a residential street. Yeah. This, this feels like we're currently in the centre of Brighton. Yeah, we're not. We're in a residential area. Yeah. This has got the same vibe as like uh, Aaron Howe for Hope and Ruin. Yeah. How have they done it? A very, very good promotion. Like, whoever's done the marketing for this place is like, because it's, I've only been here twice recently, but on the Saturday where they had the DJ, they had a barbecue, and it was absolutely heaving the whole time. Do you reckon this is the outdoor bit? Quite good looking and trendy. Mm. It's really yeah. nice. Though. Yeah, the outdoor bit is really, really good. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, just to describe the outside, it's, like, on a couple of levels, isn't it? So it's, like, a few, like, tables on the actual floor, which is sort of, like... It's got your standard new pub, like, furniture, which is the same colour as that fresh wood. Anyway, should I get into the... um, Yeah, we better do it. The pub proper. Um, So we're in the Martha Gun. Yep. Yes. Established 1866, led by, well, no, the landlord was. (laughs) Did you say led by? No, no, no. no. I led a pub, actually. A few years ago, it's the leader pub. Well, who's the leader of this pub? (laughs) I want to speak to the leader. (laughs) Take me to your leader. (laughs) Excuse me, this point. uh, Can I speak to your leader, please? (laughs) Um... William Penfolds, it was called. Oh, that name, Penfolds, is a... That's ring a bell. Hmm. Well... Architect? Oh, you're not far off. Right. 
this was originally called the New Inn and uh, okay. was like the only thing on this road for a good like five or six years. It'd be good if it was still called the New Inn 150 years mm. later. Yeah. There are new inns though, aren't there? That I'm assuming are like incredibly old. Um, but yes, okay. 1866 facts. Right. That was the year that John Langdon Down first described what? Um, the structure of a cell, an animal cell. Nope. There's a clue in the name. What was the name? John Langdon Down. The Downs. The flora or fauna of Brighton. No. Down syndrome. Correct. Uh, yeah. In 1866, he first described Down syndrome, uh, named after him. Okay. <laughs> Before 1866, Vex. Um, John Penfold. Mm. Uh, created the hexagonal pillar boxes for Royal Mail. Ah, hexagonal. Yeah, the red. The red post box. They're cylindrical. They are now, but they were hexagonal initially. For structural integrity? Mm. Because because mail was so fucking bulky. Yeah, Because they used to carve into stone, (laughs) didn't they? Yes, precisely. Yeah, they, they could only do it where there was an existing rock formation. Sure, sure, sure. Which was in, surprisingly, a lot of cities in yeah. very convenient places dotted all over the place. Um, but this is why, you know, Danger Mouse? Yeah, Penfold and Danger Mouse. He was named uh, Penfold. They, their hideout was in a letterbox. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, a pillarbox because of that. Yeah, that's why he's called Penfold. Yeah. It's quite good. It's quite voiced by... Penfold was, a, was kind of a... a David, David Jason. 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 Jason, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was Penfold? It was like a beaver. A mole, I think. It was a mole. It was yeah. a mole, yeah. Yeah. Like a specky mole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got yeah. Wrong. yeah. I do get... Uh, All cartoon moles have glasses, I, I think. I do get Danger Mouse slightly confused yeah, they're with... Blind, aren't they? They <laughs> Super Ted. Yeah, they're very the similar. Very similar. Yeah. Merely they should have a um, walking cane, one of those ones with the balls on the end. Yeah. Shouldn't they? Because they can't see at all, can they? I don't think so. The glasses wouldn't help whatsoever. Some some mole species do have eyesight. It's limited. There are fully blind. The naked mole rat, I think, is purely blind. They eat each other's shit. All moles or naked Yeah, because they're like behind each other. <laughs> One's like going forward, just shitting out, <laughs> and they just eat behind. So they're constantly yeah, eating. Like the, they're basically oh, yeah, are like humans. So the mole, they really want to be at the front. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you got a shotgun. Shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Shit gun. It's like that expression we all say. <laughs> oh, he's having a great day. He's like a front mole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he's having a shit. He's like yeah, a, he's, he's the, like a back mole. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even get to shit in anyone's mouth. <laughs> like the runt mole of the litter is just at the back. Yeah. Yeah. Naked yeah, mole rat. Really? Wow. The sharks can't even. The shark thing is not true. Oh. Yeah, they can get cancer. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so why did anyone ever say that? I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's less prevalent, but you can get 
um, malignant tumors occurring in sharks, but they're very, very uncommon. Whereas naked mole rats do seem to be completely immune, and it's something to do with the lignin? No, not the lignin. It's something to do with the, the mylar, something that's surrounding the cells. There's like a matrix in between cells, and they've got more of it or less of it, or it's less lubricated or less juicy. I don't know. Mm. But they basically don't get cancer, so they're really being studied. Well, why don't they get cancer? How can you have a mammal that doesn't really get cancer? That is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, everyone gets cancer, don't they? And yeah, they just get all the, the cancerous cells are like being you keep getting it, dying off and killing uh, off. Yeah, if you've got that, a mole, yeah. you've got cancer. Right, but then your body doesn't let it spread. It's not malignant. Yeah, it's benign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 1866, what a year. They celebrated it being a hundred years before winning the World Cup. They probably bloody did in this country, didn't they? And they've been going on this about this, in this country, I'd be surprised. Even the World Cup didn't exist and they were talking about it. Um, Cadbury's first sell cocoa for drinking. Ooh, the first a little something that the Aztecs have been doing for thousands of years. Yeah, I guess it only just got here, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then some famous people were born in 1866. Beatrix Potter, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, H.G. Wells, okay, and Percy Pilcher. They were all born. Percy. Percy Pilcher. Nope. Percy. Better known as. Better known as Percy Pilcher right. was his name. He invented the Pilchard. He invented an early form of hang glider, <laughs> um, and following the footsteps of uh, Jimmy Segway, and uh, he died on his own he invention. He died on his own <laughs> invention. Crashing, <laughs> did he? Yeah. He was supposed to demonstrate like some new plane that he had, but there was like a storm. But then I think there was like a crowd, and they were like cheering him on, and he was like, "Oh, I can't take this one out because it's not like ready yet. I'll fly my old one." Right. The weather conditions were so bad. Crashed and died. So Poor this, old Percy Pilcher is the song. Pre, this is pre-Wright Brothers. Yeah. So, like, what's, to say, that, what's to say that he didn't invade, invent the aeroplane? I mean, his, he invented one called, like, the Hawk or something like that, which was, like, a hang glider like, that genuinely the, worked. Really, what's the difference between the Wright Brothers' plane and a hang glider? Is it the is Wright it, Brothers were able to take off? It's not gliding, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, yeah. It gains the, altitude it's on its own thing. momentum. Right. Yeah, hang gliders can't gain altitude, can they? Yeah. I they suppose they could have an updraft or something. Yeah. It's like the difference between a skateboard and a car. (laughs) Yeah, when you put it like that, that's impressive. It's the difference between a chariot and a train. (laughs) So, there's nothing nothing that much about the pub, I have to say. So I had to go, luckily, the Martha Gun, the name Martha Gun has a very good historical connection to Brighton, which people that don't live in Brighton will probably not know. Um, we'll come to it in a slightly circuitous route, though. So, <laughs> so bathing. Are you saying you're not going to get straight to the point in your research? I'm not going to get straight to the point. No, <laughs> surprisingly. When do you think bathing started to become popular in the UK? Well, the classic story is 
you know, George the Fourth popularised it, but he can't have been the. He wasn't a pioneer. No, no, no. It's a bit before him. Around the time of George the Second. Yeah, it's like seventeen, early seventeen hundreds, okay. basically. So, bathing machines. Hmm started appearing on beaches in like the 1750s. Um, but I think even the Romans had an idea of the restorative properties of salt water. Yeah, maybe I'm just speaking in the UK, yeah, then, yeah. probably. Um, but like most people bathed nude and like beaches were segregated. So there would be like men's areas and like women's areas and they were both allowed to bathe nude. On, men were allowed to bathe nude until the 1860s. But like, uh, yeah, to protect some modesty, these bathing machines were used where you'd essentially get into a box that was then wheeled out, wheeled out by a wheel. horse or something yeah. into the... It had little steps that went down into exactly. the water. Exactly. And then yeah. you walk down and you'd get changed in the box and then you'd walk down into the water. Yeah. Um, so no one standing on the promenade could see your dick and balls. Before they're underwater, exactly. Exactly. no matter how hard they tried, yeah. on your tits. No matter how hard my great grandfather tried yeah. every weekend. <laughs> well, up until what year do you think uh, legal segregation of bathing went up till? Nineteen fifty. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say fifties. That seems plausible. Fifteen. No, 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 no. Oh, I'd say fifties. In the UK, nineteen oh one. Oh, okay. Relatively progressive. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of starting to become popular. I think it was like, I want to say Margate is where they first appeared. It was another sort of like, like coastal town, yeah. Um, but then slowly they were starting to become a bit more popular. And then um, Richard Russell. Uh, sort of piqued people's interest for Brighton. Dick, Dick Russell. The Dick guy that, the guy that used Russell. to pin leaves around his penis. Exactly. Yeah. What was he famous for? Steal, uh, stealing cocks from the fields of Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was he uh, famous for? Russell Group University. Richard Russell. No. Do you know him? Sometimes known as Dr. Brighton. Okay. Oh, did he yeah, found yeah. the German spot? No, but that came like after him because Wasn't of the same. Wasn't that doctor, doctor someone? That was, yeah. Dr. Brighton? No, it wasn't Dr. Brighton. Different guy, but okay. Dr. Russell, he came up with the sea cure, which was about the restorative properties of, uh, of water. He published... Uh, if your wife is acting hysterical, take her to the water and leave her there. Yeah, exactly. He published a paper on sea bathing and drinking seawater. <laughs> the connections with health. Um, like, he's got a... He released, like, a book in Latin that was like, translated into English. And uh, Wait, this is 19th century? 1700. So, okay, so people were still writing stuff in Latin. Yeah. So this is the start of Brighton, really. Remember, it's just Brighton up until the until this happens, the early 1700s. It's just a fishing village, like a really small fishing, fishing village. villages, and then behind that, just lanes. <laughs> L-A-I-N-E-S. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, lanes, yeah, yeah, lanes, exactly. Lanes. Tracks yeah. of land, right. like, a couple, like literally, fields. you know, 
North Street, West Street, East Street, and then 500 windmills, pretty much. Just windmills jostling for space. Exactly. Countryside planes. It was all fields. You can't move a full lit windmills here, down here in Sussex. Exactly right. That's how they used to speak. They did. Um, So I got up his old book. Uh, that he that he wrote, but it's literally the book is like he goes around the UK and he's like every single chapter is like of water in the area, so in the river right. of water in there, and each bit is like a little paragraph and just like describe yeah just in describing <laughs> each one. So look, you can see here, it's like, of the burning well at Brockley in Shropshire. (laughs) And then he just describes this well. Of the oily well near Edinburgh. And then it describes well. Yeah. What was the oily well like? So he says, in the parish of Liberton, two miles south of Edinburgh, there is a well in the parish of St. Catherine, commonly called the oily well because at the bottom there remains a great quantity of black oil, according to Mac Peel. So, it was a soil rig. Said, <laughs> <laughs> it accidentally invented an oil rig. It has a smell like the smoke of coals. Mm. So, you know, he just goes through and describes it. There's one where he talks about an old ghost living in <laughs> An old ghost. Glastonbury water. What does he say about that? It uses the power of ley lines. It's full of MDMA and cocaine. Oh, <laughs> oh no, God, ley lines was invented in like the late 19th century. Yeah. There was some dude that fucking just like made it all up. Yeah. Really? It was made up? <laughs> yeah, no. There's clearly not a thing. But like, I thought it was like pagan. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. old. Mm. But no, it's just some dude who was like. It seems to be that some cities are in a line. Yeah, I can UK. draw a line through this map. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and there's more than one city on this yeah. line, therefore. <laughs> Apparently Glastonbury water, according to some guy called Dr. Clark, tastes like piss. It has relieved many that have scrobutic and scrofulous habits. <laughs> scrofulous? What is a scrofulous habit? I've been trying to drop a few scrofulous habits. <laughs> Which is pretty good. So yeah, he's just got a book of like all of the UK where he's just goes... And then he goes into European countries as well, so that's going on about it. Anyway, does, does he, he say Glasgow was... tap water tastes better than London tap water? <laughs> Because that's the only thing anyone yeah, wants. Yeah, basically. But he was upset. He must have been the most boring bastard to get stuck to, stuck next to at a party. Anyway, so yeah, he uh, he, he loved war, and he basically published this thing, got people interested in like wanting to get the health benefits of water. So in 1753. He bought a plot of land, which is now where the Royal Albion Hotel, the one that was on fire the other month. Where that hotel was. Where that hotel was. (laughs) That was his place, and he built a huge house on it for himself and his patients that, at the time, because Kingsway wasn't there, opened directly onto the beach. Sure, sure. So that front promenade wasn't there Hmm. at at that uh, point. And so he'd have his patients there. Apparently there was a plaque on the side of the Royal Albion saying... If you seek his monument, look around. That's so fucking pretentious. Well, it's because he basically created all of Brighton, pretty much. That's very Ozymandias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look upon my work, be mighty in despair. They're so arrogant, the Australians, yeah. aren't they? It's the Australian. Ozyman... What? Ozyman? Ozymandias. Who's Ozymandias? 
It's not. A, that, there's not a word for Australian <laughs> men. It's a, it's a poem by Byron, I think. Right, right. Maybe right. Tennyson, someone like that. And uh, the poem is, it's something like there once was a traveller travelling in a foreign land through a desert, and he stumbles across the ruins of an ancient civilization. Everything's crumbled, everything's fallen to dust. There's no remnant of this civilization. Everything's lost to the passage of history. And he sees a statue that's fallen apart and crumbled. And on the plaque on the statue, is the inscription my name is Ozymandias look upon my mighty works and despair or, look upon my work works ye mighty and despair right. so it's sort of about how at one point in history this person thought of themselves as timeless and immortal and great right. and how the passage of time has eroded all will one day turn us all into nothing yeah. and all of your arrogance and your mm. grandeur will uh, even the greatest Napoleon, Adolf Hitler, whatever, will be nothing in the passage of time. Even Dr. Richard Russell will <laughs> fade into right, right. Will fade into nothingness. Um, but not as long as Brighton lives. Technically, not as long as Brighton lives. Yeah. If, if this is true, if you seek his monument, look around. As long as Brighton stands, so stands the memory of Richard Russell. Apparently. Will Brighton survive rising sea levels? It will, actually. It'll do pretty well. Because it's quite hilly. Yeah, like Seven Dials is sweet, but actually, but actually, like a lot, if you look at a map of predictions, most of Brighton is fine. Pretty fine. Yeah. So in a... I guess it's like Rye that gets fucked. Mm. Like yeah, tents, big places. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the typical sort of... Uh, male narrative to begin the story i've just spoken about one guy before getting to the protagonist <laughs> of this story there was also a woman called martha gunn. Right, so, yeah. so martha gunn comes into this uh she was born in 1726 so bathing was like you know kind of popular at that time um, she was known as the Venerable Priestess of the Bats. Why? She was a dipper. She was a dipper. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, a dipper is someone whose job it was. She dealt with women mostly, didn't she? Mm. Her yeah. job was to bring the cabins out to the sea and help people into the ocean. Mm. Exactly. Uh, especially sort of aristocratic types who, for whom this was maybe a novel experience. Yeah, precisely. And, uh, yeah, I've read the same Wikipedia page. Good. Because <laughs> I thought I was doing this part. <laughs> yeah. So she lived in East Street. Uh, she ran a bathing machine. Uh, and so, yeah, as Paddy said, she would she would take bathers and, and enter the sea, help them enter the sea. Um, she was uh, she was a big woman because you had to be big to be a dipper. Yeah, because lift people out, pick them to back literally up. lift yeah. them in and out of the sea. And, she taken uh, them by the armpits? Do you think? I don't know the hair. No, she took like them, a bowling ball. She took them by the horse. She they she'd carry their horse with them on it into the sea <laughs> with them with a bathing machine around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she could technically lift. Four tons of. Uh, she could lift four tons. Yeah. She could lift four tons. She, she wasn't called Martha Gunn for nothing. <laughs> no, she had some guns, big ass guns. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> um, she became a bit of a celebrity because she used to 
well, her image appeared in many popular engravings, including one which she appeared repelling the invading French with a mop. Yeah, why did she become so popular? I think she was no. She like spent time with uh, Mrs. Fitzherbert yeah. and the Prince she, she of Wales. She was beloved the by the Regents. There's some so old good. like pictures of her with the baby George in her arms. So she was apparently like uh, very she close. Did a little to bit the more family. than just dipping. I mean, if I guess, I guess anyone, anyone who's like a, a Brighton Maybe. local, yeah, who's lived here their whole life, but is associated with the royal family, mm. they become a. She wasn't dipping though. everybody though. Dipping she was dipping her. But she wasn't the only one. I mean, there must have been loads of dippers. Come and be like, she, there were loads. But yeah. she was the royal dipper. I think she did some yeah. royal dipping. So no she one else access. was dipping the royals. She was I the only one. So. Well, then why was she so famous? She was up to something. Really she was she was said to be a favourite of Prince Wales. Yeah, I bet she was. There were some images of her with the prince drawn. That would have spread throughout the country. So she just would yeah, have the got a bit of would have packed her exactly so much. Her and her gun. John Constable, on the dippers, said, those hideous amphibious animals, the old bathing women, whose <laughs> language both in oaths and voice resembles men. Sorry, John Constable, the man who relished like painting peasants and aristocracy of Britain, like capturing the real beauty world. of life. Was very moment, down on the was dippers. Like, These fucking people, yeah. letting them enjoy <laughs> the chunky <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Speaking like men. To be fair, I can't think of any. I mean, Constable did paint guns. Or he, he painted bathers in Brighton. Did he? I think right, so. Right. right. Yeah. But I can't think of any of his paintings that have fat people. Yeah. Well, she had a Toby jug made of her. But no, Adrian's question is valid. Like, it is fucking weird how she became, she so became a celebrity. Yeah. It's like she dipped people. She put people in the water. It is odd. It is very odd. Like, Thomas Kemp, all things considered, is technically less famous than she is. Because she was famous across the country yeah. as well. Anyway, so, this poem is shit, but there's a poem about Martha Gunn. Read it out, yeah. Which I, is, I, I uh, would have read it out. The Brighton came, he came George the Third's son, to be bathed in the sea by famed Martha Gunn. It's sort of like a that's it. Shakespeare. Yeah, that's literally yeah. it. It's an old English rhyme mm. by an unknown author mm. or someone smithy, I, I'm assuming. I, I don't think four lines is enough to, to copy it. That's a limerick, isn't it? Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's, not, it's not even a limerick. It's, it's, it's 33.3 recurring longer than a haiku. True. True. It's just shit, is what it's it is. Shit. Do you know yeah. the rules of a haiku? Like, everybody gets them wrong. Well, I'm not so, I know, five, I know seven, what I think five, the rules are, but yeah, I'm guessing so, you're so, about to say that. a rule, and it's nothing to do with syllables. So it's five, seven, five syllables. Sure. But also, it must have what theme? One theme. You know, it, must, it, it generally has to. It has to contain a reference to something, nature? a natural process, mm. and it not only has to contain a reference to nature, but generally a metaphorical. Metaphorical. What happens but, in nature? But it has to contain what they call a cut, a cutting line. 
which I think is generally the second line. So it might not start about nature, but at some point it's like, bam, that's actually about nature. Oh, well, it is about okay. nature. So it has to be about nature. Well, that's oh, the it, it, it contains a cutting line, which is a metaphor or reference to nature. Do you reckon there's a genre of like post haiku? Where it's like the wind blows through the mountains and like a away kid the blowing on the cartridge of a Sega Megatribe. Oh, that post. Yeah, you do it the other way around. You do start with nature yeah, yeah, yeah. and then use a natural, mm. use a common human metaphor. Mm. That's post haiku. <laughs> like that. Okay, and then let's just end on a one star wonder. Okay, so this is one star wonder. One star wonders. Exactly. This is from, well, I won't say the name, but uh, one, two years ago, one star. The waiter told me he didn't care what I was saying when I explained that my friends were waiting inside and he told me he couldn't care less what I was saying. The waiter? Not the bouncer? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the waiter told me he didn't care, care what I was saying when I explained that my friends were waiting inside and he told me he couldn't care less what I was saying. All one sentence. Yeah. Like, um, there is no reason to be rude. He could just explain that it's feel instead <laughs> of patronizing clients in that way. No man, it's feel. It's feel. <laughs> I love that that would have resolved it. Just like, God, it's, it's feel. feel. Oh, yeah, fine. fine, yeah. fine, fine. Oh, I'm glad you've said that, because I thought you were really rude. But now you've said it's feel. It's, feel, it's That's fine. Right. So, I love is, it, is this the thing. waiter or is it the bouncer at Bergheim? Sorry, man, you're the wrong feel for this pub. Yeah. Is there any pub that has like a, a discerning <laughs> dormant policy? Like, yeah, you're not really right. You're not really the right. Surely not in Brighton. I'd quite, li I'd quite like it if Brighton had that like Uber, because the, the appeal of Bergheim is can you make it past the hipster doorman that's going to judge you on the way you're dressed? Well, it used to be back, though, back in the day, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when me and my mates were like groups of, like there was probably about four or five of us, and we were like geeky 18, 19 year olds that didn't look our age, most of us. Yeah. And so we would, we would be ID'd, but also every once in a while we'd just be turned away. Like, uh, not, not tonight, lads. Randomly, really. Not tonight, lads. That only, only ever happened, like, when we were, like, 18, 19, I've and been, a group of lads together. But I've been like, told by clubs that, like, yeah, like, no more met. Should we wrap things up? Yeah, let's wrap let's things do up. Let's do it. Pints ahoy. Pints ahoy. <laughs>
Dan got, got a, kebab. Paddy got Paddy got chips, but they were fries as well, which I, I think are a bit disappointing. Fries. Yeah. Average fries. I mean, but it got they me thinking. Spots, but they filled a hole. Um, what is your favourite post pub snack or post pub meal? You're you 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 you're out till closing time, and you wander back down the high street. What are you having, Adrian? Ch- my, mine's changed over the years, so I remember fondly, but I I won't eat it again because it's just it's too over the top. But when I was about like seventeen or eighteen, obviously living at home at the time, I would have a, and it was because Lister in Red Dwarf like talked about having it once, and I was like, that sounds amazing, I'm having it. So triple fried egg chili chutney sandwich oh, oh crikey amazing i think i made one of them as well because i'd heard <laughs> I mean, they it are good. they are good and then so when i was at university did, can the, you the sorry chi- can you break down exactly what's in that i've got a vague idea three fried eggs chili and chutney <laughs> and then just like what kind of chutney? Bread. Like mango chutney yeah mango mango chutney or, or, or ideally mrs balls hot peach chutney and then you don't need wow. the extra chili Right. And uh, yeah, like like medium, so it's like like the eggs are cooked medium, so there's a little bit of drippage. Um, any other leftovers that happen to be in the fridge, like some chicken chicken slices in there, some chicken, a bit of birthday cake, army, bit of birthday cake, yeah, a bit of ice cream, anything mm, nice. that's going. So it's like, like putting it together, hammered, and then not remembering eating it, and then wondering why there's vomit next to you when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so wondered why you're covered in Mrs. Bull's peach juice. <laughs> And when I was at university, it was, you know, everybody went to one of the two, like, main kebab houses, one of which was called Munchies, the other which was Westgate Kebab House. And although chips, cheese, and barbecued beans was pretty good, I used to, like, just get in an actual kebab, but with the chili sauce they had, which was, like, it was the consistency of tomato puree, and it was the color of tomato puree. And it was just like salty and like really, really hot. And it was too hot. It was so hot that you'd regret it. And you'd be like, oh, this is too hot. But I'm going to go back for another bite. And that was that was good. You've genuinely, my, my, I think you just need to mention like a spicy chili sauce and drool starts to accumulate <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the bottom yeah, of yeah, my yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, for me, the all time great is one that it was in a particular cab. A kebab the house in Ilfracombe, um, where I used to live when I was like a teenager, and um, the it was called a Jemmy Twitcher, um, <laughs> and it was a uh, probably a twelve-inch uh, bun. Okay, so okay, huge yeah. bun, really, really, really soft, but not like floury, not too floury. Quite. Did you did you go in and say I want a twelve-inch Jemmy? What's Jemmy that? Twitcher, Jemmy, yeah, Jemmy Twitcher could get, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> we did pretty much every week, um, and yeah, so it was that loads of like fried onions on it, like butter, loads of fried onions, then both kinds of kebab meat, two of the legs. So you know they have the chicken, uh, the chicken on the spindle, spinny thing, and the uh-huh. is it lamb on a spinny? Yeah, it's lamb, yeah, the lamb donna, classic donna. <laughs> But then he had like some like magical like marinade that he'd just like squirt all over them after he'd sort mm-hmm. of sliced them off. 
which was just delicious. And yeah, just like pile it like? up. Can you, this can you describe the magical marinade? Was it like a meaty sauce? Was it? Creamy? Yeah, I think it's quite meaty. Um, yeah, because it felt really meaty, but it made all of the because you know doner kebab can get quite dry sometimes, can't it? Um, if it's like been just spinning for ages, this would be like moist. It wouldn't like flake, but then because you'd add this like sauce, it would just like be super, super moist and actually be like you're almost dripping in your hands when you kind of ate it. Um, I mean, I always prefer that, like when you're, you know, inches away looking into those meaty flaps and they're all dry, it's just not that appetizing. But when they're glistening and moist and you just know what mm. you're going to get a taste of, bingo. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, that there, that there is a Jemmy Twitcher. Yeah, that's it. I think it had like white shredded cabbage on it, and then <clears throat> chili sauce and garlic sauce, and like it was so well, it's twelve inches. You could put it in a massive thing. You'd cut it into quarters, and you could not. It was like I'd say four inches thick when it was finished. So like ma massive, absolutely huge. So you'd eat like a quarter. You could just about get your mouth around it, and <laughs> and yeah, and we'd often like eat half, and then you'd pass out, and you'd wake up the next day, and you'd just find the other half under the bed and be like, "Brilliant, that's breakfast." So <laughs> uh, it was just was so good. so good, so that dirty was, and good. That was lovely. Yeah, could do that. What about you, Heidi? Yeah, like, what? Uh, I, I I think I'm I'm very simplistic. Like like the other night, I I just wanted a big box full of fries. My favorite ever post drinks kebab place was in Exeter. That was the last place that I properly would like get kebabs regularly. I think it was called the Golden Hind or the Golden Deer or the Golden Stag, something like that. Mm. And it was right next to a, a nightclub called Rococo's. That was awful. And I used to get like, for me, the best flavors in a kebab are the garlic sauce slathered mm. on everything. Yeah. And then those knobbly long peppers, yeah, that are sometimes yeah, pickled, sometimes not. Pickled, those I think are one of my chilies. favorite things. Mm. They're so That's good. Nice. I associate <laughs> them with kebabs, but also with like Turkish markets in general. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I've got I've got like an eight liter tub of those. Well, eight liters <laughs> i mean it's, it's 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 bigger than the there's i'm trying to indicate with my hands and it's bigger than wow. be captured by the camera it's massive. bloody hell it's like a fiver from taj i'll have a pint i'll have a pint of pickled peppers please <laughs> <laughs> peter piper purchased a pint of pickled peppers peter piper poured a pint of pickled peppers yeah but yeah, these days I think my ideal post-pint food is like noodles with more grease oh, yeah. than is oh, safe yeah. to put in noodles. I think I, I want say, these days more noodles as well. Yeah, noodles can't, can't beat them because you want carbs and you want oil. That's really what I want. No, I want bread. I always need some bread. Is like the ultimate for me. Yeah, Sunday and I have a tradition of noodles now because when we which for the listener this doesn't get edited out is my wife who i met in china i was a teacher she was my teaching assistant and uh, we'd known each other about six months and on halloween we got absolutely hammered got off with each other on the dance floor i convinced her drunkenly to come back to my place 
And she was like, only if you cook me noodles, which I thought might, you know, I thought that maybe that's a euphemism. And then we're in bed <laughs> making so out to the come American in and see my etching. And then, uh, and then as I tried to, you know, tried to pull things down or pull things up or put things Get in, she was basically out. just like, where, where, where are my noodles? And I was like, oh, you actually want noodles. And I made her noodles at three in the morning and we had noodles and it was a nice sweet evening. And now, like if we ever get hammered and stay up till three in the morning, I'm always like, should we go home and have some noodles? And it's not a euphemism, it is. <laughs> let's, let's make drunken noodles and eat them because it's really nice. <coughs> Lovely stuff. Yeah, all good choices. Definitely. Cool. Do we have any correspondence or corrections this week? We've got a few corrections. Let's play the jingle. Spin the wheel, lad. We're changing course. For I have made an error. And it is in need of correction. So, um, just a few little... This is more sort of filling in details rather than corrections. Um, which, uh, is, is nice, I think. Uh, we're talking about the Marquis de Sade. Um... King of the pervs, top of the hierarchy of pervs, uh, and we're wondering where whether there was a, also a place called Masso, where the masochism mm, came the from. The masochists, yeah. <clears throat> Apparently, that comes from a Chevalier Leopold von Sacha Masoch, an Austrian mm. who wrote extensively about the satisfaction he gained by being beaten and subjugated. Wow. What's up? <laughs> Yeah. So it's all just like aristocrats from like the Habsburg lineage that are just like I have I... beatings. <laughs> are there any other stuff? Any other fetishes named after aristocrats? Because before before that, like the really the ancient ones. So so back in biblical times, there was no sadomasochism. There was only wanking. Well, because everything was just and, and, incredibly and arduous and painful all the time. We had Sodom. <laughs> For your, for your bum stuff, and you had Onan for your self stuff. Was was Onan a, a biblical was city? Was Onan not biblical? Was he Onanism? Was that not biblical? Was that? I was that, assumed that, it came from like perps, Greek for the self or something. Yeah. I wish I hadn't searched for this on uh, Google, to be <laughs> honest. I'm now looking at a whole list of words I've never seen before. Aquaphilia. <laughs> A sexual Onanism. fetish that involves people swimming, posing, or even drowning in water. Um, Onan, Genesis 38.9, practiced coitus interruptus. Wow. What's coitus interruptus when you Not edge? Coming. Yeah. Right. right. Edging, okay. yeah. What about Wait, this that's one? in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Ed edging and is in the Bible. he did get <laughs> to the vinegar strokes and then cracked his member. <laughs> And he, he felt the crest approaching, and verily did he banish it from the forefront of his cock. <laughs> this agalmatophilia uh, is um, apparently the love for an object of one's own creation. Which, uh... Isn't that just being a parent? <laughs> True, possibly. Or uh, me listening back endlessly to these podcasts on a loop. Oh, so it's kind of like um, 
and wanking. What's that Greek that Greek sculptor that fell in love with his pig sculpture? Pygmalion. Pygmalion. That's what it says here. Yeah. yeah, it says overlaps Pygmalionism. Um, oh, that's why the film was called, or the play was called Pygmalion. It all makes sense. Yeah, because he moulds My Fair Lady into mm. his uh, desired lady. Oh, this is the smartest <laughs> this podcast has ever been. <laughs> Wanker um, in the classics <laughs> and the Bible stuff. And they're all, they're all fucking <laughs> So that's... Uh, yeah, that's correction one. Not really a correction, but um, uh, oh, I said there's unlimited concussion substitutions in football matches. <laughs> no one cares. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's only two, which seems weird to me because it's like the first two of your players that get concussed. Yeah, you can sub them off, but if anyone else after that gets concussed, they're just taking the piss. Let them carry oh, really? on playing. Really? Yeah, you should you'd probably, think it would be unlimited. I think when you get your yeah. fourth concussion, you need to just end the match, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it should be match ending. Yeah. Not if you've got the option to get new players. Oh, no, it can't be match ending because you could be in, you could be winning and then be like, ah, they're all they're all concussed, mate. Exactly. <laughs> all concussed. You have to end the match now. Yeah, but then it turns out you're not winning. Everyone's concussed. They just think they're winning. Yeah. Oh, they've done it with two because they think people just pretend to be concussed so they don't have to use tactical substitutions. They're like, I'm concussed. It's like, but you just tripped over. You didn't didn't touch your head. No, my eyes are all gone blurry. Um, oh, fine. This is getting ridiculous now. They've, they've <laughs> substituted the entire team. Probably doctors, just to, just have doctors who know if someone's concussed or not, because they can work that out, can't they? Just like, well, they do. They have they... teams of doctors come on to well, the then, well, then, pitch yeah, if and everyone's like concussed, assess then, then it's fine. <laughs> There's no limit to a medically approved concussion. There should be no limit, exactly. It shouldn't yeah. be only two, should it? It's, uh, it seems like yeah, a bizarre insane, rule. Yeah. Um, then these, uh, these moles that eat shit... Um, just <laughs> to end on this. I mean, I've never heard of these. You, you raised them. No, moles eat shit. They eat each other's shit because they're just like behind each other. Um, uh, coprophages mm -hmm. is what they called. It's like animals that eat their own shit or the shit of or the, their worms, own species. Worms probably do it as well. Dung beetles. The customers of uh, the customers of the customers of Pizza Express do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 Hey. A lovely bit of satire. I, I went there. I went there. <laughs> yeah, never have their uh, meatball marinara pizza. Those meatballs, they're not what Bubbles. you expect. That's it. No, um, no correspondence. But um, if people do want to get in touch, Adrian, who should they contact? Two seven three five 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 sixty four Sycamore Road. <laughs> that is a very long road, Sycamore Road, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, <that's> <laughs> the longest road in the UK. <laughs> um, yes, very close. Uh, pod at brightonpododyssey.com <laughs> for all of your correspondence. Uh, should you wish to send in your um, post haikus? Or what's your favourite post-pub snack? Um, let us know. And we're still waiting to hear what chocolate bar would you drink your beer from? <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Cool. There we go. Thanks that for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, yeah. Um, we love you. Pubs and pints. Ahoy! Ahoy!